listening to Refreshing Retail. In this Arjol de Leza podcast series, we'll discuss trends in food and retail. And we'll do that with some of the main leaders of Arjol de Leza and the industry. What motivates them? What is their purpose? And how do they see the future of the industry? My name is Emily Zipson, your host. And today I'll be joined by Franz Müller, President and Chief Executive Officer at Arjol de Leza. Hello, Franz. Hi, Emily. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. It's a little bit uh, new for me in in a studio like this. It's not my daily uh, work environment. No, I can imagine. What is your daily work environment? Uh, it's nowadays a little bit of a mix of um, office, uh, a little bit more traveling now, and of course, uh, working from home. Uh, but in a studio with the big mics in front of you, it's new. But it's nice to be here, and it's... Uh, Great. It's uh, thanks for hosting, and it's an, of course an exciting topic to talk about. Exactly, because in this episode we'll talk about health and sustainability in the food and retail industry, and this topic is on top of everyone's agenda, and rightfully so. What actions should be taken by the food and retail industry? Should companies take an active role in changing customer behaviour? Now we'll be discussing these questions with our guest Daniela Vega, Senior Vice President Health and Sustainability at Al Deleza. So great to have you here. And how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Quite recently, you uh, moved to uh, the Netherlands. I did. Yes, <laughs> I did. I've been here for uh, three and a half weeks now. Wow. And um, could you mention some plus points about living in Holland already? I am very much enjoying living in the Netherlands. Um, I've, we've settled in very well already. I live just outside of Amsterdam, so I think... A big plus for me is very close to um, a very cool city and also close to nature at the same time. So it's a, the best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And I agree because I live in Amstelveen myself and it's very green and it's close to many cities. Now, um, we'll talk a lot about health and sustainability this episode, but let's get to know you a little bit better first. Uh, so you joined Owl de Leza only... Four and a half months ago. That's right. And uh, since 2014, you worked as Group Director of Sustainability at British department store chain Selfridges. Now, so far, what has been the biggest difference between Owl Delairs and Selfridges for you? Well, size is the first obvious difference. So going from 25,000 people to... I don't know, 414,000 I think we're at now, um, from four local brands to 19, um, from luxury fashion to food. Um, and, and you might think that sounds very different, but um, I think there are more similarities actually than, than differences. So um, fashion and food have their root in agriculture. So they're the same issues that that we're we're grappling with um and the same ambition that we have to to transform those agricultural system um but overall i think the the biggest similarity is both both of those businesses have um an ambition to balance profit and purpose and and recognize their role in creating a more sustainable future is that one of the reasons why you decided to work for Al Deleza? It is, yeah. It's um, the the more I met with the people, the the more I understood their approaches to health and sustainability, which are all very different. But the one thing that united them was was their ambition, 
um, to to use the the power of a, a business like Ahol Delays to 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 make make change, um, and the understanding of that I think in the food sector um, and especially at, at our business there's a much deeper understanding because you're almost closer to um, to the product um, of food than than in the fashion industry. Franz, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely agree. And um, when I um, had my first interviews with Daniela, like these kind of things go like this, I was very um, impressed by uh, her view on strategy, her passion for the topic, but also her footprint. She has delivered at Selfridges. And I think a lot of people agree that uh, the sustainability strategy and its implementation is uh, for a big part uh, a job uh, done by, by Daniela. So I think that's also for our company uh, would be great. And a lot of things are more similar than people might think. Mm. Uh, and uh, there are a few things which are category unspecific, like things like climate and these kind of things. So they're for both our business and for, for both our societies very important. Right. And and Daniela, what were your thoughts on the healthy and sustainable strategy of Al Delez? Yeah, I, um, I particularly liked how the approach was very clear. So... Um, we talk about um, making sure that every decision is grounded in goodness. So um, that has one clear objective, which is to make healthy and sustainable choices easy. So it's it's really clear. And then the other thing I liked was the um, the the targets, which are very ambitious um, and very tied into what's materially important for the business. So. You know, 51% of own brand healthy sales um, by next year, by 2022. Zero plastic waste from own brand packaging by 2025. Reducing our food waste, cutting our food waste in half by 2030. And then some pretty punchy science-based targets to decarbonize um, by 50% scope one and two um by 2030 and scope 3 emissions by 15%. So I thought that was really strong and then I looked at the benchmarking um results because these are really a good indication globally of the maturity of a of a business's sustainability efforts and there's a lot publicly available and so that to me immediately said this is a company that cares about being transparent about what it does and and taking people on on a journey. Um, and then the, the deeper I looked, the more I saw how finance in particular was interconnected with health and sustainability through the annual reporting, the integrated reporting through the sustainability link bonds and revolving credit facility. So there's that maturity of sustainability and finance, which is critical to mm. to make change in business. So Daniela, just uh, just to... Uh, um we have in our annual report a very clear, transparent reporting on those kind of things and how we progress on those targets, right? And it's uh, we're not always, let's say, completely in line with uh, some ambitions left there. How how would you see the, the, the communication jobs we have to do? Yeah, I think what we have to do, um, which is what many businesses have to do, is um, find ways of telling the story better and making sure that story is... A story that connects um, to to the consumer um, uh, ultimately, because our business is very set up to respond and serve the communities and um, in and the consumer in the local communities that we um, that that we have our businesses in. So I think we need to make our our story a compelling one. Um, 
and find ways of communicating that complexity of message because there's so much that we have to do. Um, the, these these challenges that we face are not single linear challenges they're multiple p- complex um challenges um and so that communicating that complexity is is a real challenge for us. um you studied climate science you pioneered the sustainable business strategy for british media company sky group and developed quite a few sustainability strategies now there must be this strong personal drive why why is it such an important topic for you well, for me, my drive comes from my connection with nature, which I had from from an early age. Um, and it makes this work very personal to me. And so I what I find is my my personal values are very aligned with my values at work and 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 also the values that um, of the company that I want to work for. So it's all very interconnected um, for me. And, and yeah, I've, I felt passionately about nature and systems and ultimately leaving the planet in a, in a better condition for the next generation. If you would rank Al Deleuze's top priorities, where would you position the healthy and sustainability strategy? It's... Um for us, in the end, a license to operate as a type of company who we are, a supermarket company with more than 7,000 stores, but also with uh, uh, 414,000, like Daniela exactly uh, mentioned, uh, so many people who, um, who are also very interested and passionate about the company, but also how we run our company. Um, it's a top priority for us, and uh, it's also a way uh, to... Uh, convince more customers that the way we, how we do business is also important and not only the, the products we sell. Okay. Now, within the industry, there are thousands of companies taking part, from a farmer that produces vegetables to huge manufacturers of consumer packaged goods. Working together to achieve common sustainability goals seems like a no-brainer. Now, Franz, is this also the case in practice? I mean, how do you work together with other retail companies and with suppliers, for instance? Uh, this is across the whole value chain. So from the farmer to to the consumer and to uh, to the kitchen sink. Uh, and that only will go, that uh, a better uh, managing that process will only go uh, through collaboration. And that means that there are a lot of things which used to be competitive in the past are now pre-competitive. So we deal and we work together with other retailers, with other manufacturers, with other people in the value chain, logistical companies, seed manufacturers, fertilizing companies, but also the farmer communities. Because then only we can solve the problem. It's about collaboration with a uh, high priority for these, for these kind of sustainability targets. And Daniela, which um, potential partnerships do you see for Al Deleuze in the nearby future? Mm. I think uh, we, yeah, we'll continue to partner with um, those who can, who can help us focus on the, the deep changes that we, that we need to make. So whether that's sort of climate or waste or healthy sales and, and the broader health agenda, I think um, we'll continue to seek out um, like-minded souls and, and relevant partners to, to help amplify that that change. That's one one of the things I'm really keen to make sure we focus on is that um, you know the systemic change and making sure that that our change is part of a, a broader 
broader system and we absolutely need collaboration to do that. And how are you going to achieve that? <laughs> well, we're, we've we've already got some um, some very strong decarbonisation plans in place. So we have a, a, a route map to um, twenty thirty, where we're going to half our um, our footprint, our own footprint, so our scope one and two. Um, and then um, and then at the moment, we're we're working very hard on what that will look like after 2030 and and that's tough for business right because you know where where else what other parts of the business look out past 2030 so it's a it's a long-term view whilst keeping in in mind that we need action now so it's a it's a real kind of zooming zooming in zooming out exactly exactly let's move on to our statements in each episode we ask our guests to either agree or disagree to a few statements Now, you can only answer, I agree or I disagree, and then afterwards we'll discuss discuss them together with Franz. Uh, We'll start with the first one. Danielle, are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) The food and retail industry should also take responsibility to change consumer behaviour, resulting in consumers making more sustainable choices. I agree. 100% agree. Okay. No doubt. Okay. The second statement, stricter regulations from governments on emissions forcing companies in the food and retail industry to change their behaviour would help the sector. I agree. Me too. I think we need that support. So you both agree. Uh, I hope we can uh, have a discussion then. Cause, um, yeah, we can have a discussion because yeah. there's more to it than only, than yeah. only the yeses, you know. Well, exactly. Well, There's some reason for the yeses, most likely. Going back to the first mm. one, the food and retail industry should also take responsibility to change consumer behaviour, resulting in consumers making more sustainable choices. Why do you agree, Daniela? I agree because I think um, the power of retail is um, to, is is in engaging the customer, and they need to be part of any transformation journey. So it's it's super important that we bring bring our customers uh, with us. Um, I think our our businesses are already um, doing that every every day. Um, our brands are empowering our customers to make healthier choices, um, choices that fit their needs and choices that fit their their values. Um, and our job is to make those those products healthier, accessible, and desirable for for want of a better word um, so that our customers begin to make healthier choices um, so it's the nudge theory really we're nudging customers mm. uh, bit by bit to to make better choices um, and and we do that by helping them understand being more transparent about the health and sustainability of products and helping them understand um, the reasons for those better choices and the impact of the food that that they buy um so um and and then a step on from that is actually rewarding customers for for making those choices Thank I, think you. It's, I think it's also the sheer obligation that uh, people should be able to count on us that we know a lot about food uh, of all those decades of experience so then it's our job to to share that and to put them in a position to uh, to make healthier choices and to mobilize our knowledge. I think that's also an obligation we have. The second one, you also both agreed, 
um, I'll, I'll repeat it again. Stricter regulations from governments on emissions forcing companies in the food and retail industry to change their behaviour would help the sector. You agreed? I think that it's it's um, the best approach to collaboration is to recognise that um, no single player in the system or single initiative um, will catalyse systems change. So we need, first of all, we need science. We need to base our kind of plans on on science and, and evidence. Um, that's essential. And then we need that whole range of policy levers, whether they're soft or, or hard levers. And we need that collaboration from all of the players in 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 the system. And from my side, yes, um, a little bit in line with what, what, uh, what Danielle also mentioned, but uh, uh, we are now in an urgent situation. And I think uh, governments can help with regulations to create a level playing field so that you really can concentrate all of us in the same direction to, to do the best possible. And... Uh, uh, government support helps there, especially when you realize that if it's Europe or the US, it's those are open markets, uh, so products travel can travel across borders or uh, across states. And if then we can create a level playing field with some support from uh, from governments, I think that will uh, will accelerate, let's say, the the, the movement. Clear. Anyhow, uh, moving on to our last topic of this episode um, about health and sustainability in the food and retail industry. Now, um, let's talk about uh, Owl Deleuze's ambitions. Um, the company wants to have 51% of total own brand food sales from healthy products in 2022. That's next year already. What do you do to achieve this? Daniela? Yeah, I mean, I think we are well on our way to achieving this. Um, I think we, we can do this through a number of ways. We can look at pricing strategies, um, commercial strategies and re- rewards that we've talked about, um, the available assortment and, and product transparency. Those are all things, um, that all levers that we can pull, if you like, um, to keep the customer on the journey with us and and really change the behavior because i think if we if we do manage to do that and we've got some great examples um which i'll mention in in just a second then the customer will stay with us and the behavior will change um if we do it um and 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 don't bring the customer on the journey they'll 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 walk out the door and they won't come back and the behavior won't be won't be changed right so we've got some great examples. I, th- I think the one that springs to mind is um, Delays in Belgium, which is um, making healthy foods affordable with its Super Plus program. So last year, Delays launched Super Plus, um, their loyalty program in Belgium, which re- provides rewards and discounts on healthy and sustainable products. So it gives customers... Automatic savings of between five and fifteen percent on more than five thousand products, uh, which have a Nutri Score um, of of A or B, so healthy healthy Great. products. And, and when we when we talk about fifty one percent, Emily, then yeah, talk about healthy products, and those the definition of healthy is not made by us, but it's made by uh, uh, objective nutritionists in standards like Nutri Score and Guiding Stars in the US. So we try to work with a neutral standard. Within your operations, France, your brands and businesses will reduce food waste by mm. 2030. In all honesty, is this realistic? And can you share some examples of how you're working on this? 
I think it's realistic and it is necessary, the target. And um, what we try to do is uh, to make sure that we are more precise in ordering uh, our uh, our food so that there's less waste in general in the total chain. That's the first start, of course. And food waste is immediately also connected to an economical uh, benefit because if you waste less, of course, then also... Uh, you um, you have less economical uh, damage. And the second thing, if, if there are then products which you cannot sell, and it's also normal in a food business with such a high fresh percentage, then we better make sure that it has the, the right destination. I think for this, we... Um, we gear up our uh, food donations programs. We work on uh, uh, on collaborations with food banks. Uh, and I think there is a lot of things to, to gain still. In our definition, we are very strict. So uh, unsold food, which is not going to to the food banks, is considered to be us considered to be for us uh, food waste. So uh, there are a few other standards which also count. Uh, biofuel and animal feed in as not being wasted. We count only the food donations when it's going to human beings uh, as food waste. And but uh, we have to gear up. We have to invest more in the in the in the in the systems of the food banks. And that's exactly what we're doing. Great, great. Would you like to add anything? I think um, Franz has has covered it. And I guess the 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 reason that we're strict on our definitions is it comes from the principle of believing that um you know the in, in the in the inefficiency in the system and that we it, we should be able to feed people in the world and so that's why we don't um consider sort of an animal feed as a we we still consider that um to be to be waste so we're we're really aiming for kind of gold standard in our, in our in our food waste approach. Sounds very promising, I must say. Um, now, we've all read about the disturbing IPCC report. Reducing CO2 emissions is crucial for governments, societies, and also for companies. Now, what are your thoughts, Daniela, on Al Deleza's strategy on this topic? Yeah, I think that it, it seems to me when I, when I read the IPCC report summary, I have to say, um, <laughs> rather than the thousands of exactly. pages, um, I think in terms of the, the climate crisis and how it's described in the IPCC report, um, it hits home for the food industry because when, we, when the climate is in crisis, the food system is the first to feel it. So... We, we have to acknowledge that food production around the world will suffer when we go beyond 1.5 degrees with serious effects on, on for the food supply in the next two decades. So we need to be prepared for these large scale sort of agricultural shifts um, and be prepared to sort of counter those effects. So I think for us, um, I think of kind of elements really... Um, that I've reflected on from IPCC. One is um, better diets. So it was very clear from the report that reducing our reliance on meat and dairy products is one of the key ways of slowing global warming. Um, And um, I'm not saying that people should give up eating or producing meat, but I think my message would be less and better meat um, and and a much stronger emphasis on on fresh fruit and vegetables um, in in our consumption habits and and right. a shift to plant plant based protein. 
Obviously, we can talk much longer. You can talk much longer about all the topics we've been talking about. But to end off this uh, episode, Franz, what do you hope for? I hope for the fact that we as a company can make a convincing and very positive contribution to our healthy and sustainability agenda on which uh, our children will be proud. Daniela? Yeah, I hope that um, we, wherever, wherever this climate crisis takes us and whatever action um, we deliver, we will bring forward the kind of most resilient, creative um, and, and kind solutions um, to tackle the challenges ahead. Thank you so much, Daniela Vega, for this conversation. And France, thank you for co-hosting. I wish you good luck for this quest. And um, you can listen to other episodes of Refreshing Retail in your favourite podcast app. Thank you all for listening. Until next time.